we uh, kind of got halfway through this last week, so we're going to kind of round around it again, kind of take another look at it, and then finish it off here this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Yeah, I'm very grateful to not have a translator. My speaking style doesn't go well with a translator because it's like, you know, I'm just talking like this and the guy's like has to translate what I just said. And he's like, man, this is tough. Anyway, what? Yeah, on accident, he uh, started translating my English into English. Uh, (laughs) He's like, I usually do it the opposite way. So he was, he did that. Yeah, anyway. I was like, I just said that. I I understand, man, I'm fluent in Spanish because I understood everything you just said. It was in English. All right. Well, let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we thank you so much for um, this time this morning for each person here and um, for the opportunities you give us, the amazing opportunity we have to be here together as a family, to fellowship, to grow, and to... um, just to love on one another and, and uh, be encouraged by your word. So we pray that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see as you're guiding us, as you're teaching us, as you're directing us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so quick recap, moving into chapter 13, we're really the end of chapter 12. Paul was saying, gifts are great. Desire the, the greatest gift. That's good. But there's a more excellent way than gifts alone. And that's when he brings in love. This is more important than that. In verse 1 it said, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And that was saying the gift alone is not what it's about. If you don't have love, the gift doesn't mean anything. It's just arrogant and it's annoying. And people who are arrogant, it's like they're like going with a cymbal in your ear. You're like... I can't hear you talk right now. This is, you got to go away, you know. Um, there's definitely no way I'm going to give you praise because you're giving it all to yourself and even and more some. You've given yourself a little extra there uh, as well. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And so all these great signs of the Spirit the spiritual gifts that everyone could see, none of that means anything without love. Remember, this was an issue in Corinth, right? They loved their gifts. They really loved everything that made them elite and made them better than one another, right? That's what they loved. They loved being like, we're good at this, and oh, well, we got the better gifts, and we, we speak in tongues. Do you speak in tongues? You know, this guy, hey, he's you know been part of miracles and all these different things, and it doesn't mean anything without love. And we talked last week, if, if you have not love, if you remove a mountain, where did you throw it to? What did you, who did you smash with the mountain that you removed, you know, and threw it over, over the hill? If you're just removing mountains for no reason, that's not good. It's, it's, that's not the point. Love directs us and it really shows us what we're, the gifts are made for, which is to edify and to build up the body, right? So there uh, verse three said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Even being, uh, willing to die and give yourself up doesn't mean anything. If there's no love, this is the funny thing with Christianity. It's, it's not just about the things you do. It's about why you do the things you do, right? 
You can go to Mexico and you could be like, I'm doing this uh, because it's going to look good on my resume. You know, is what people say. Have you gone on a mission trip? Yes, I did go on a mission trip in 2019. Matter of fact, if you don't have love, you're going to, it's not, you're not going to get the same experience out of it. If you don't have love for the people, they can tell there's a difference. What makes a difference for people over there, over here is the love you have for them and they can feel it. They can sense it. People will care about what you know when they know how much you care, right? Opens up doors, opens up opportunities. Love, and then he gets into what love is. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not uh, uh, parade itself. It's not puffed up. It's, it's genuine. It's real. It's, it's full of patience. And, and it's intentional in, in the way you approach others. It's funny. Is we went through, okay, yeah, we keep going. Verse 5, he says, <laughs> does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. It's not easily provoked, is not provoked and thinks no evil. Those are things that are so easy to have in our mind. And it's funny, um, we, were, we were here last week and, and going through this and, and I taught on it. And I struggled with this this week. And my wife so kindly pointed it out to me that I was struggling with this. Because it's so easy to think that someone's saying something and to be easily provoked or to let something build you up or get you riled up about whatever reason or, you know, this is something that it takes, you know, the Lord doing it in you, but it's easy to do. Uh, Looking for the best in people instead of the worst. That's what love does. Looks for opportunities instead of opportunities to build on as opposed to opportunities to smash down. I think this is worth a review, right? We went off over this last week. We can probably go over this forever. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. You don't, when you love someone, you don't love to gossip about them. You love to speak good things about them, to love on them, to uh, bring up the things that you are really stoked on them about, not the bad things. When you don't love someone, you're just entertained with watching them fry, you know? That's the world we live in, right? Where... People, if you, like we said it before, you, there's a YouTube video of a kid taking their first steps and, and people are smashing them down. Like, look at this dumb kid trying to walk, you know, like I could walk so much better. It's like, well, you're like 20. So I hope so. But you know, this is like the critical age that we live in. And we mentioned we have enough critics, right? We're good at this point. Um, so kind of that catches us up with where we're at uh, now. Verse 8, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Love will never be exhausted. You can never, there's never a time in your life where you say, you know, I've just had too much love lately. Like people have been loving me too much and I'm, I'm just a little bit fed up. I'm like done. I can't take it anymore. Is, have you ever noticed that? Is there ever a point where you're like, this love is, has, uh, has kind of like run its course and I'm full. I'm beyond full at this point. It's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you ever get to the place where you're like, you know what, that's just too much of the Holy Spirit. I got, I got to just, let's just taper off of this a little bit. And I, it's like the tacos though, right? We had to taper off a little, right? They're a good thing, but they're limited. You can't have too many, right? Because we were trying to get across the border. 
and we're trying to like not you know have to stop in the you know for the bathroom right before sorry but like love there's no it's not exhaustible like that it can't be exhausted it's like you it it never fails and what's interesting is you think about situations in your life and people in your life and and um ways to reach love never fails you can kind of put that into everything right if you're trying to reach out to someone love never fails well you may be careful how you love them make sure you're actually loving them and it's not a selfish weird manipulative thing but when you truly show love to them and remember who's our greatest example of this is jesus it god is love god made flesh jesus look at the way he lived look at the way he loved on people and the an unbelievable impact it had. He had the exact opposite of like what a lot of church strategy is nowadays, right? Which is like, let's all bring them, let's bring up, bring the hype, bring the hype. Jesus is like, calm the hype. Don't tell them I'm here. This is like, just shh. Don't tell them I healed you, man. I gotta go. You know, I'm trying to get through this town. And I know the second I see someone carrying someone with a, someone with a mat, I gotta heal them. Because I love them. So I just, but I'm really trying to get to this next, you know, that was Jesus because the love that he had, he was compelled to help wherever he could help to be a part of the bigger picture. The idea is where there's prophecies, they will fail. Where there's tongues, they will cease. Where there's knowledge, it will vanish away. Do you guys think that we'll be doing these things in heaven? Prophecies, speaking in tongues, right? Knowledge, it's like, will any of that mean anything in heaven? No, you're going to be before Jesus. Straight up. And no, none of these things are even going to... These things are like a, an, a help to get to the... Think Old Testament, New Testament. Old Covenant, New Covenant. The Old Covenant is like a shadow of what was to come. You could see Jesus coming and, and everything's pointing to him. But to have fellowship and have to have a... Be in the presence of God was what? The holy of holies. And you had to have everything squared away to get in. And then when you would go, the priest would have to go in after making all these sacrifices. And go in before the presence of God. And hope there wasn't some I not dotted or T not. You hope that everything was settled. And that's how you would go meet with God and be able to sacrifice and go before him. And if it didn't work, it was, he's dead. And they had a rope on him and a bell and said, He's not moving. Pull him out. Time for a new priest. And you're just like, oh, I'm next. You start thinking, this is crazy, right? And we see glimpses of God moving and empowering people by his spirit throughout the Old Testament, right? You can see it. And and we see him moving in that way and him speaking audibly to people. But that was a shadow of what was to come when Jesus died on the cross and then opened up heaven to us to where now we have fellowship with him and we could speak to him one-on-one. And he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. I will hear you. I'll answer you. I'm I'm with you. I, I promise never to leave you or forsake you. This was like a whole new thing, right? And that is a shadow of what's to come in heaven. So a lot of the tools from the old covenant were kind of not necessary anymore, right? Once we got to the new, do you have a holy of holies in your house? You have like, 
you know, you have to go through like the, the, the whole process and the bronze labor, all that stuff where you're like, okay, time to go pray. And you have to go through, oh, there's showbread and oh, there's the, you know, and go into the inner sanct, you know, inside, inside, inside. Okay. I hope I don't die. Hi Lord. You know, that stuff was all done away with because the greater, uh, covenant had been made through Jesus. We're, we're like a little closer, but we're not, we're not there yet. And so these gifts are an amazing help to the church body. And that's the whole point to edify, to build up, but they are just tools until we get to the real thing. Love is the real thing. Love will, it's, will there be love when you're in heaven? Oh yeah, that's going to be what it is. It's all, it's going to be like the purest form of all encompassing, unbelievable love and adoration. And we'll be praising God day and night for, we know verse nine, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that, which is perfect has come, then that, which is in part will be done away. We can only do so much and we can only be a part of so much. He's like, so don't focus on these things. Focus on the bigger thing, the better thing. When you focus on loving God, he will give you the gifts you need to give love to the world. He doesn't give them to you so that you can feel like proud and cool and, wow, I'm just leveled up. Next star, you know, I'm a three-star Christian now. I can speak in tongues, you know. Next step, prophecy. Could you imagine when I get there how cool I'm going to look? I'm going to put it on my profile. Everybody will see it. Prophet tongue speaker that is a good way to have people never let you follow them oh gosh this sounds like a crazy person right if you have somebody has something like that on there but the fact of the matter is the gifts are amazing but the gifts are a simple outflow of love when you're loving god and and he's and you're loving people with his agape love then he gives you what you need to minister to those people, which is the point of the gifts. We know that, that the gifts were evident in Corinth, but we also know they weren't being done right all the time. And how can that be? How can God use, how can you use spiritual gifts from God and they're not being used properly? I don't know how do preachers do that sometimes. It happens, right? How can we take the word of God and twist it? It's, it's, it, God is, so gracious with us and gives us such an opportunity to mess up, to take things into our own hands. But the, the point of it is not what you get or what you have to boast about, but the fruit that it produces in your life and the life of those around you. And that is all based and founded and powered by agape love. Selfless, unconditional love. So when the perfect is come, then that which is perfect will be done away. When we're in heaven, that other stuff is not going to matter. So don't stake your claim on things that don't matter, right? That's, that's life. You kind of get a glimpse of that. Like if you can see people who live their life and they build their life on earthly things and then they die and you go, oh man, that was not worth it, was it? You're gone and that's gone. And the thing is, you think, oh, well, at least I'll have some good years. You don't know how many years you have. 
You don't know how long you have to build. So what you're building on now absolutely matters. And you think by just changing it at the end, it's going to, no, produce real fruit and real, the coolest thing is, are you going to, I, mean, I know when we just came back from a mission trip, so you can hear about it. That's some of the most joy you can have is being, be able to serve the Lord. And, and I, one of the things we, were, we wanted to go, and like I said, Pastor Jerry was like, you guys need to come down. You got to be part of this. He's on the board here. And I was like, okay, let's do it. That'll be good for the church, you know? And Aaron said the same thing from Kingsfield. It'll be good for the church. And we get down there and we're like, this is for me. <laughs> it's good for the church. It's good for me. Like, I need this. It's not for them. It's me. And I knew that would be the case. But it's like the second you came in, you're like, oh, oh man, this is what's up. Just, just this is life. Serving and loving on people and uh, being able to give out of what you have to those who don't have. And it can be physically giving or definitely spiritually. Loving on people, blessing them. One of the other cool things was we were with other churches from very different walks of life. And I had so many people I talked with and prayed with. And the unity of being with other churches was unbelievable too, right? Like, man, it's not just about us. It's a, it's a much bigger thing. And to be able to take that and be like, we're all brothers. Now, let's see what we can all do together with Jesus leading us by his spirit. Like the Lord leading us by his spirit to love on people who need it. And the results were great. Verse 11. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Some of you wives are saying to your husbands, do you read this? You are a man now. Or are you? Are you a man? You know, don't ever say that to your husband, okay? Don't ever say, are you a man? Because that's like, oh yeah? No, don't do that. But men, please listen. And women listen too. It's all of us, right? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. And this is a glimpse of what gifts even look like compared to eternity. And that's the, the child. Children get into petty things. So do adults. But children really get into petty things. And, and you can hear all about it. The stuff you can hear from your kids about how this one kid was doing this and how it messed up everything. You know, we were going to play this and they decided to change the rules on us. You know, and how it was so wrong and that should have never happened. And, you know, and they get all upset about this and that and drama. And I, I remember elementary school, all the drama of like, who's on that playground part, you know, and that's, that's their slide. They love that slide. It's like, where, where, where were you? You know, is this like gangland or something? You were in the wrong color to be trying to go down this slide, you know, go to the other slide. No, I don't want to go on that slide. But like when you're a child, you think about yourself. And then, and that's a problem. That was a problem in Corinth for the Corinthian believers. They were super selfish. We've seen it all the way through, right? When it came down to like their liberties, they took their liberties over people every time. They didn't care. They were walking in sin because they said, oh, I'm free. I could do whatever I want. They, I don't care about these people around me. And Paul's like, I will never eat meat if it, is, if it offends my brother. I won't do it. I won't drink in front of, if, uh, I, I wouldn't do that if it offends my brother. 
I won't do these things if it's going to be a detriment to them. My, then my liberty is not liberty at all. It is a God. And that's exactly what, what was happening in Corinth. They had taken all these things that were good things, but they'd made them the thing, and then they became bad things. Liberty out of control, without love, becomes a God. Spiritual gifts out of control, without love, can become a God. Good godly things can become very bad things when they're put in the wrong place, right? That's what we say. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And we are all prone to this. And you, you can see the things that other people struggle with and go, how could they struggle with that? But then the things that you struggle with, you go, let me explain. This is why mine's different. Theirs is dumb. I get it. The, this is the dumb people over here. They don't get it. I don't know. Who knows? God, you know. I'm going to have grace for them though, okay? But then for yourself, you're like, oh, no, no. This one's real. This one, is, this one actually makes sense. That one doesn't make sense. And then those same people are looking at you in the same way like, God, I don't know what they're thinking, right? But the idea was in Corinth, they had these issues where they were emphasizing things that they shouldn't be emphasizing. And they were putting more weight on things than they they should. And they had in the midst of doing seemingly good things, they had missed out on the thing that made them good, which is love. How can you build someone up without loving them? You won't do it well. Because you might even give them the proper instruction, but the way you talk to them matters. I coached Cannon's team. And the way you talk to those boys, six, seven, eight-year-old boys, absolutely matters. It's not just what you tell them. You can tell them all the right things, and that's good. It's how you say it to them and what you expect from them. And what, you're, what you, when they mess up, do I ever remember messing up? Hmm. Maybe last Thursday at our softball game, right? And that's like, the thing is like, We've had to learn as a softball team, you've got to have grace for one another. Because the second I ride you for making a mistake, my mistake's coming next. And the second I say, don't you, what are you thinking popping that ball up? For some reason, you pop it up. Right afterwards. Guys, listen. Don't hit the ball in the air. Boop. Uh, and you run into first like, oh. That was kind of the thing I said not to do, Right? Guys, you make sure when you're, when you're making the play, first step back. As soon as the ball's hit, sprinting straight forward. Uh-oh. Whoops. This is part of life, though, isn't it? Like, we got to learn to have grace for one another and even grace for ourselves. But keeping a, a, a lookout for, man, if I'm off, can you tell me? That's what Paul's doing. He's not, like, trying to ride the Corinthians. He tells them over and over again. I am speaking this to you guys, even though you don't respect me, because you guys have ascended so high, you don't even need me anymore. I understand that. But the reason I'm writing these things to you is because I love you and I don't want to see you get ripped off. So here you go. Learn, grow, and destruction will not be in your future. You will not have to go through all the hard things. Please listen to me. And just like a child, it's the same thing. Listen, son. Listen, my daughter. I know what you're thinking, (laughs) but you can't see the whole picture. I can. I've been there. I know that that's not what you think it is. It's actually much worse than that. And there's more problems behind that than you think there is. 
It always drives me crazy when people try and oversimplify something, right? That you are in the middle of. And then you go, oh, it's just simple. Why don't you just do this? And you're like, oh, oh I've never thought about that before. It's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> there's, there's a reason why you're doing these different things. And you're like, oh, oh, fix the car? Well, just fix it. Can't you just fix the motor and then the car would work? Right, Jim? That's easy, right? Just fix the motor. You're like, um, so here's the thing. I don't know if you knew this. There's different parts to a motor. And it might be something different than you think. It might be the transmission. Right, Jim? Could be. Who knows? We don't know. Otherwise, we got to do a diagnostic test on it and we'll see. But, like, you know, there's some things that you can oversimplify and over, you know, try and think you got it all together in your own mind and and we can't see what's really going on behind all of it so we got to remember that like to put away childish thinking and to to be mature and to grow and and to do the things that are more important not be it to be about you but about others if you try and and take it all upon yourself and make it all about you you're going to miss out you're not you're not going to be able to be a part of the cool things that god wants to uh allow you to be a part of we actually what I was teaching at the ranch, I was super excited to teach on, but like I said, hard to get it across. The point did get across. People were so, or like really, they got the word and that was awesome, but it, it was a struggle. But the, it was that part of Mark where Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000 people and he goes out and he feeds them. And, and, or at first, he, the disciples had just come back. I'm going to make you this really quick. You'll get it. The disciples had just come back from going out two by two. And Jesus said, I'm giving you power to, um, you know, to like to cast out demons and to heal. And, and, uh, don't take, don't take too much clothes. Don't take, and just go and, and I'll, I'm with you. You guys are, are going to go out and you're going to do some mission work. You're going to go for it. Two by two, go for it. And so he sends them out and they come back with this amazing report. And they're like, Jesus, this is so awesome. We like. We were able to do these, all these cool things, and it happened just like you said it would happen, and it was so cool. And Jesus is like, guys, I'm so pumped about that. That is so cool. Let's go take a rest. You guys did it. Well done. Let's go take a rest. That's a lot of work. Let's go take a rest. And as they're going to go take a rest, these people see Jesus, and they go, oh, there he is. And they start running to him, and they say, Help us. We need your help and heal, you know, whatever, all these different things. And the disciples become extremely annoyed because it's rest time now. Can I get my rest now? Jesus, you said we were getting rest, you know, and now we're going to do more work. And so they end up going. And then Jesus had it said that he had a heart and saw him as, sh- as sheep without a shepherd. And he, I want to I need to help them. I want to help them. And so he did, he starts helping them and, and the disciples are like, Hey, here's our out. It's kind of late. They got to go. We don't have food. There's no way we could feed all these people. It's too late. They got to go. And Jesus is like, what kind of food? What do we have? And they're like, it would cost us way too much money to feed them. He's like, what do we have? And then he, obviously, you know, the small amount of bread and, and fish and ca- passes it out and feeds over 5,000 people. And you know, the story moves on, but what you don't, sometimes realizes into the next story, Jesus takes his disciples and he says, all right, guys, go out to the other side, get on your boat. Let's go get that rest or whatever. And Jesus goes up to the mountain, pray. He needed rest. Rest is good. He sends them out on the boat and all of a sudden the storm comes and they're toiling and they're like, 
paddling the boat, trying to get through it. And they're stressed out. They're bummed out. And they're like, this is not what we signed up for. We should have been on a chill retreat somewhere talking about all the good things that happened. This is what we get, right? And so Jesus comes walking in the water. He shows up and they're like, ah, it's like a ghost showed up. It was Jesus shows up and he's, and they see who he is for themselves. And they understand what is this? And then all of a sudden it says at the very end, they, that they marveled. They had not understood or, or had not because of the hardness of their heart, they had not understood the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. They missed out on the miracle of the 5,000 being fed because they were bitter in themselves because their attitudes weren't right because their hearts weren't right because they were looking at themselves and not others. They missed out on the whole thing without love. We will be entitled without love. We will be superior and you will miss out on the miracles. You will miss out on seeing God use you to do really cool stuff because it's about you, not about him. See, if God is love, then that is how we best represent him, is by his love. Love, again, not just like open acceptance. That's not love. That's a lie. But love, read the list again. Did you guys read through what we said last week? You guys read through this every, every day if you can. Yeah, I'm not going to make you raise your hands because that would be, make me sad probably. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you, but do it again. Read through that list again of what love is and say, God, give me this love. Verse 12. For we, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. We are limited here on this side of eternity. And the mirrors they had back, I actually looked it up, mirrorhistory.com. Did you know that's, that thing exists? Mirror history. Some guy's like, I've got an idea. Mirrorhistory.com. Like, you're a weird person. If that's what you want to do, if, unless it's someone in here, then that's a great idea. And I used it. So there's your credit and critique. Uh, <laughs> but it was, they said that before there was glass mirrors, they would take metal, copper, bronze, silver, tin, etc., And they would flatten it out, the sheets of metal and polish it them so you could see themselves. But have you seen yourself in polished metal you know it's, it's not the same as like a mirror we could see now, right? Mirrors were invented. The glass mirrors were invented somewhere around the first century AD in Rome. So there might have been some of that going on. But uh, you get the idea. They would not have been what we see now. It would not have been nearly as what we see now. So they would. the only glimpse you could get is just... It's faded, but it's there, right? It's like kind of catching yourself in a reflection from a car where you could kind of see it, but you can't fully see it, you know? And so uh, in the same way, that's, that's us. We, we can only see so much right now. We only know so much right now. But in the end, we're going to know all, and we're going to be known as, we're, as we know as we're known, and it's going to be beautiful, Spurgeon said, the streets of gold will have small attraction to us. The harps of angels will but slightly enchant us compared with the king in the midst of the, of the throne. He it is who shall rivet our gaze, absorb our thoughts, enchain our affection, and move all our sacred passions to their highest pitch of celestial ardor. Uh, we shall see Jesus. On the way down, uh, Kevin, Billy, and I were talking about how every man-made religion 
has a man-made heaven. But this is, this is all about, what is eternity all about? Just seeing Jesus. Just being with Jesus in his presence. And seeing God, who he is. Being, and enjoying that. The gold means nothing. That's asphalt. That means nothing to us. The, the pleasures aren't earthly pleasures, but a much higher than anything we could ever experience. What do we experience on this side of eternity? Man, there's those glimpses of, of God's praise or of God's presence in our lives. That's like, it's like intoxicating, right? Or being used by him that can draw you to tears, that brings you in a, to a place you're like, God spoke through me. He used me. That was insane. Like I, he was with me. This will be without any other restrictions. That's heaven. Beautiful. So he's like, remember what the point is, what the main thing is. And then we'll be so full of love for him. Verse 13, last verse. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. It all boils down to three things. It wasn't, uh, Guzik say, it's not uh, miracles, signs, and wonders, Right? As much as we would like think that would be cool, you know, God would be cool as if we just had all the signs and wonders. That'd be great. I love signs and wonders. I think they're awesome. If God uses us to do that, I would think it would be insane. But these are things that are eternal, and they're all throughout Scripture. Faith, hope, and love—the things that that are that have a ultimately divine purpose. But the greatest is love, which we'll be experiencing forever. Even faith, we will not need faith when we're in heaven. It's going to, he is there. I have no, I do not need faith in heaven. Hope, my hope has been fulfilled. (laughs) I no longer have to have hope even in heaven. Love will continue on. Faith, hope, love. All three amazing. And so if you say, what do I, God, what do I want to see you do in my life, you know, this year? Build these things, faith, hope, and love. And really help me out with the love. Remember, this love doesn't come from a, okay, I'm going to try and be good, God. I'm going to try and fix it. I'm going to try and be like a better version of myself. That's just like, that's going to lead to like exhaustion. And it probably won't look nearly as cool as you think it does. You know, like, but this is like a genuine love. God, give me genuine love for my brothers and sisters. And then taking action. Here's the other thing. Taking action to step out where there's opportunity to love like that. You can say, oh, God, give me the, God, make me to have this, this supernatural agape love, but I just want to have it. I don't want to use it. Look for opportunities to use it. Take the opportunities to do it. I mean, there's, there is something about being a part of a church family, church body that gives you many opportunities to love on one another and love on other people around you. Take advantage of them. When you can, be involved with everything you can be involved with. Do it. Charge it. This is, you know, when we do a trip, go. If you can go, go. If you can't, that's okay. It's totally cool. God will give you another thing to do. I promise. But step out into these things for, to be able to use this and say, God, um, it's, you know what? This is hard for me to do. I'm not naturally super good at this. Can you build this love up in me? Can you give me this selflessness? I, there's nothing wrong with coming before the Lord and saying, I know I'm selfish. I know I'm arrogant. I know I'm these things. Because it's not like you're telling him something. He's like, oh my gosh, you are? How did you get in the church? I, 
I had no idea. You must leave. And he's like, oh, I know, but you're also more things. You kind of forgot about some of them. Do you want to know what they all are? And you're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, he's like, I'll show you later. It's okay. But it's, it's understanding that and saying, God, here's my weakness. I lay it out before you. Don't let me be arrogant. Don't let me be complacent. Don't let me help me not to miss out on what you're doing around me. I want to be part of it. I want you to, to move in my life. I don't want to waste this time I have thinking that I'm living in paradise. This isn't paradise. This is, this is earth. We have a mission. We have a purpose. You are bought with a price for a purpose. So that's what we get to be a part of. So I just want to encourage you. This has been a good chapter. This chapter is like ripped me up, man. (laughs) Hopefully you too in a good way. I mean, not, you know, you get what I'm saying. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for your grace. We all, we just need your grace and your mercy because it's hard to, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to kill that selfish man that lives in us, the flesh. And to put away childish things, it's a pro, sometimes it takes a process of just that growing up. But God, you promised to do it in us, to work it, to will it, to work it in our lives.